In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Reading the scriptures, the beginning of the week, what struck me initially was St. Paul's letter where he says that my desire is that you be saved, speaking to Israel. And that to see that God's desire for all of us is that we be saved. That's his heart. That each of us be saved and saved together. As a church, as individuals all members of the kingdom of God, that we get to the finish line in glory and live our lives together in eternity. That's God's goal. Thinking about this, I remember in uh, coming to UCSB back in uh, 1966, long, long ago in a galaxy far, far away. And my desire was to uh, play football. I wanted to go to college, but I wanted to play football more. And so the joy of coming and playing on your freshman team, which was great, but your sophomore year had to make the team, or you didn't play. There was no junior varsity, there was nothing. You played, you either made the team in your sophomore you didn't make it. And so I remember the joy of being taken, being asked to come into Coach Curtis's office and saying that I made the squad to play uh, my sophomore year. Didn't play a lot, but I made the squad, so thanks be to God. So the joy of that first encounter, that first, my heart's desire being fulfilled, that I, I, I was getting my heart's desire to play football at UCSB, to be a golden gaucho. That was very important to me, and uh, I, I felt very, very, uh, very much that it, uh, I was uh, happy that I was considered to, to, uh, to play uh, for that team. But, you know, it's very interesting that the joy of the first uh, reception of that news kind of began to pale as I came back that next summer. Because what you come back in the summer to do is practice twice a day. And then I didn't know if that was really what I wanted to do. If my heart's desire was really to play football. That I really want to go through this. So twice a day, and it's, it's grueling for those that have walked through that experience. And, uh, you know, the first day is great, second day is okay. About the third or fourth day, they call, they say you get lead legs. You try to run, you can't. And your body is in pain because as much as work as you've done, you've never practiced being hit. And for four days in a row, you've been clobbered uh, trying to win positions and trying to to jockey for a position on the team. So the first week of two days is very intense. Uh, and it's a two-week thing. And I remember one year, the coach was a little upset 
because we weren't practicing hard enough, so he made us practice three times a day. He said, I'm turning the lights to the stadium, and we're going out there at night. So, what was his desire? His desire was that we would run the race strongly, that we would run the race to the best of our ability, that there would be times when we would win, there would be times when we would lose, there would be times when we were successful, there would be times when we would fail. But at the end of the journey, he wanted to say that as a coach, I did everything I could to make sure you were able to play the best football you could play. But that, that didn't make a lot of sense at 4 o'clock on Thursday afternoons when you were running sprints and you'd just been practicing for five hours. So what's God's desire for us? It's the same. That we would run the race faithfully to the best of our abilities and that by His grace we would succeed and cross the line and live together with Him, with each other, with all the saints for all eternity. And that means that every once in a while we're going to have to go through two-a-days. Every once in a while it's going to be difficult. Every once in a while there's going to be challenges. Every once in a while there's going to be failures. But it's for one purpose. God's desire is to save you. God's desire is to save me. That's the hardest job. So that's the goal of our Christian life. You know, we look sometimes, and it's right, God wants to give us happiness. He wants to bless us with joy and a sense of peace. But sometimes there's stuff in the way, and you've got to walk through that stuff to get to the joy and peace. Because it just doesn't come because... God wants you to have it. God wants you to have it, but sometimes you've got stuff that's in the way of that. You know, God wants you to be gentle, but sometimes you've got anger in your heart and you've got to deal with that anger. God wants you to be humble, but sometimes you've got pride in your heart and you've got to deal with that pride. Sometimes God, God wants you to be generous, but sometimes you've got greed in your heart and God wants you to deal with the greed. So we have to learn that we have, there's two days in Christianity. We have to walk through difficult times sometimes. But God's desire is to save us, to greet us at the doors of heaven. And say, welcome in, well done, good and faithful servant. Dwell in the house of the Lord. Come, let me show you the room I prepared for. Let me introduce you to your family. That's his goal. So there's a couple encouraging points, I think, that God has given to us uh, in, this, in the epistle and in the gospel that can help us on this road to our salvation. The first is, in Paul's epistle, not to establish our own righteousness, that we don't try to make our own way by, by establishing righteousness without God, by, by kind of setting up our own path. 
The goal of life is to be with Christ. To be with Christ, to draw near to Him, to live in, in communion with Him, to dwell in union with Christ. And when that's the case, then we act righteously. Righteousness doesn't come because we follow the law. Righteousness comes because we're in Christ, because we're near to God. And when we're near to God, we follow the law. You know, it's so hard for us, for me, because I'm such a, a check-the-box guy. Give me a list of things that I need to do, and as I do them, like, that's, that's good. Well, God has laws, and if we follow the laws and obey the ways of the church, then uh, I live a righteous life. That's not necessarily the case. Because the point is we have to be in Christ. And as we're in Christ and do these things, that's righteousness. That's the righteousness that God wants. Not just to obey rules, but that we live in Him. That our faith abounds. That, so our goal, what's the goal of life? The goal of life is to dwell in Christ. To dwell with God. You know, I tell people sometimes at confession that the problem isn't that you've sinned. The problem is that you drifted away from God. And you know what happens when you drift away from God? You sin. You know what happens when you stay close to God? You don't sin. Or you sin less. Everybody goes, nah, I don't know about that. I think Father's a little off there. You sin less. When you're near to God, you sin less. It's hard to stand before the icon of Christ or the icon of Mother of God and sin. It's just hard to do that. So the goal is to be in Christ. So pray to be in Christ. Go to church to be in Christ, to draw near to God. Make those efforts. Make your life a life that draws near to God in all things. Then we live righteously. Another question, another uh, situation in here is, is St. Paul is encouraging uh, the church not to ask the question, why? Why does this happen? Why did that happen? Why this? Why that? That question becomes very, very difficult because the goal of our life is to trust God, that everything comes our way for our good. Everything comes our way for our salvation that to understand that our, our goal of life is to trust Him and to really in many ways when we come to difficult circumstances, maybe we should ask the question, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? Rather than why did this happen? What are you trying to teach me? Because you know, that's what He wants to do. You know, Come to me, you are ever laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke on you, and, and it says then, learn from me. Learn from me. That when we have a heavy yoke, he, he's the teacher. What's he trying to teach me? You know, one time I've shared this story before with you. You know, in my uh, younger pastoral days, uh, I boldly stood before my altar and asked God to teach me humility. And you know what he's done for the last 20 years? He showed me how prideful I was. 
go. What's the lesson? What's the lesson? What's he trying to teach us in the things he's given to us? And secondly, it says, confess with your lips and believe in your heart and then you'll be saved. St. Paul's words. Confess with your lips and believe in your heart. I want to encourage you to, to do something. Sometimes you need to pound your heart with your lips so your heart will soften up and, and listen to God. You know, sometimes we say, you know, Father, I'm just not, I don't feel connected when I'm praying. I don't feel like I'm, 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 I'm God, is, God is present, and so maybe I should not pray. I said, well, no, I think you should just pound your, pound, let the words pound your heart. The heart sometimes gets hard, and those words are powerful. Those words are from God, and you need to learn that sometimes that heart needs to be pounded by your words. You know, we all do this. We all find ourselves praying and not paying attention. The heart is wandering somewhere else. There's a great line in one of the saints that says, sometimes you need to take your heart and put it in front of your mouth and talk to it. Seriously, you take your heart and go, okay. You always say, bless the Lord on my soul. You say, you, you speak to the heart. Thou at all times and every hour, both in heaven and earth, are worshiped and glorified all Christ God. Long-suffering, plenteous of mercy, compassionate, love is adjusted, and show us mercy to the sinners, or calls men to repentance and for the promise of good things to come. Do thou the same, Lord. Sanctify our souls, purify our bodies, set around our minds, Cleanse our hearts. Oops. The heart listens. All of a sudden it softens. All of a sudden God seems present. Sometimes it takes the words of your lips to open your heart. So don't forsake prayer when your heart seems hard or distant. Make sure then that may be the very time God will bless your efforts. So confess with your lips. And then in the gospel, know that God is your helper. Know that God helps you in all things, has complete power over everything in the universe. And wherever you are, whatever you're thinking, wherever your struggles are, God can cast out the demons. God can thrust them away. God can move them. If it's time and for your good, he will do those things. And be, be comforted that if there's not time to do that, that there's goodness in that for you. And then finally, let's invite him in. You know, when he does his work, let us, let us not be like the Gergesenes, who after they see the miracle of the demoniacs healed and the swine cast into the ocean, they say, please leave. May today, beloved, we invite our loving God in. For his desire is to save us. His desire is to lift us up that we may be with him, with all the saints, and with each other for eternity. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.